Welcome to the Back to Business podcast, where we discuss various elements of red meat and wool production to help you get back to business following disaster. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Meat and Livestock Australia, Australian Wool Innovation, Integrity Systems Co and AWI Sheep Connect New South Wales. The Back to Business program is also supported by New South Wales Department of Primary Industries, New South Wales Local Land Services and New South Wales Farmers. I'm Megan Rogers, Manager of Australian Wool Innovation Sheep Connect New South Wales and host of this podcast. It's great to have you along. Today, I'm chatting with Integrity Systems Co or company, Communication and Adoption Manager, Kathleen Allen. And in case you're wondering, Integrity Systems is a fully owned subsidiary of Meat and Livestock Australia and takes care of the integrity systems that underpin access to markets. Welcome to the podcast again, Kathleen. Thanks very much for having me, Megan. It's great to be here. Today, I'm also chatting with Australian Wool Innovations Program Manager um, of Research and Extension, Emily King. Welcome to you again, Emily. Hey, Megan. Hi, Kathleen. Hope you're both well. Certainly are. So the focus of our conversation today is twofold where we want to talk a little bit about the integrity systems that are underpinning our red meat and wool industries and what we should be thinking about in terms of keeping our own backyard in order following disaster, whether that be bushfire, flood or drought. And I might start with you, Kathleen, uh, just in terms of giving a brief introduction to uh, what it is that Integrity Systems Company does and, and a little bit more about who they are. Thanks, Megan. So Integrity Systems Company is a fully owned subsidiary of Meat and Livestock Australia. And Meat and Livestock Australia is the research and development corporation uh, for the red meat industry. So we represent uh, and we invest those levy dollars that are paid on transaction of uh, sheep, cattle and goats into research and development and marketing activities for the red meat industry on behalf of producers. So Integrity Systems Company, as I said, a fully owned subsidiary of Meat and Livestock Australia, and we're responsible for the delivery, I guess, of and management of the red meat integrity system, which is made up of the Livestock Production Assurance Program and the National Livestock Identification System, which, of course, most producers would absolutely be familiar with, and, of course, the National Vendor Declaration. Thanks, Kathleen. As we know, there's a lot of stock moving around uh, as some areas are moving away from severe drought conditions that have been experienced, people are recovering from bushfire, and many are continuing to experience drought, are utilising adjustment in areas where things are looking better. With all of this movement, and often under less than pleasant conditions or you know a hurried situation, we, we, we as producers need to remember to comply with our paperwork requirements. Can you just run me through what that integrity system consists of, what elements and instruments underpin it, and why they're really important and what, what the information is that tells our customers. So thanks, Megan. So great question. And I guess the red meat integrity system is really important for underpinning that market access, the, the premium prices that our livestock um, enjoy here in Australia. Uh, it provides us with access to markets uh, all around the world. In fact, the Australian red meat industry at the moment is valued at about $18.5 billion and we have access to over 100 markets globally. And um, over the years, uh, the Australian red meat industry has earned and continues to enjoy a reputation of um, safe, 
uh, clean, ethically produced, really healthy, high premium quality product. And I guess we as producers and everybody in the red meat value chain need to continue to protect that reputation. And that reputation is going to evolve and is going to be challenged and there's going to be risks along the way. And I guess that the, the system that has been developed over the years, which is made up of the Livestock Production Assurance Program and the National Livestock Identification System, uh, which is linked together through the National Vendor Declaration, which uh, producers fill out every time animals move along the value chain. That is the system, I guess, or the, the um, yeah, the system that basically underpins that market access all around the world. So it's really important that we continue to protect that, that we take that seriously. But um, I guess it's also very important to note that when producers are facing really challenging times and difficult um, situations like on the back of a prolonged drought, for example, um, certainly the catastrophic bushfires that um, we saw in late 2019 and early this year, and then also floods and storms. Uh, we had flooding in North Queensland uh, the year before last. We've had cyclones, all those sorts of, I guess, environmental challenges which put pressure on our producers, but also on our livestock. It's important that we balance that and that we, we do find the time to uh, continue to complete, I guess, that paperwork or that integrity requirement so that we can continue to have access to those livestock markets which are so, so important to us because at a really practical level when uh, producers are challenged in those situations, they need to be able to to market their livestock and it's, it's the integrity system that um, underpins that and that protects that market all around the world. It's a pretty important part of, of doing business and, and most people, I guess, are would be pretty familiar with with what the procedures are nowadays, but again, it's it's just something that you know we run the risk of of maybe overlooking if we're in a hurried or a stressful situation. So it's important just to consider that in that situation as well. Emily, I might um ask you now. Would you mind just giving us a, a brief rundown of who Australian Wool Innovation is and what it is that Australian Wool Innovation does, and do similar systems exist in the wool supply chain? As, as that of, of the red meat supply chain. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Megan. Uh, Australian Wool Innovation is a rural research and development corporation. So we exist to provide the uh, research, development, extension, adoption and marketing functions for the wool industry. And, um, and we're funded by a levy on the sale of greasy wool, uh, plus the sale of Woolmark licences to people who um, produce products with uh, wool. So, um, and we also receive um, matching funding for eligible research and development from the Australian government. So I guess, um, you know, a lot of what we do really does span the whole supply chain and a lot of what we do um, really is um, promoting Australian wool to the world's buyers and consumers. Um, so um, buyers up and down the supply chain. So for example, you know, spinners and weavers and um, designers, that sort of thing. And then also, of course, um, to retailers and consumers. So, um, yeah, similar systems do exist in the wool supply chain. So, uh, for example, we have the uh, National Wool Declaration that is administered by Australian Wool Exchange or AUX, you might have heard them called, and um, and that is available. That's a voluntary, um, a voluntary declaration that growers can make when they're selling their wool, and that can be used on any type of wool. Um, no matter whether you're producing merino or a downs type or bordelester, sort of, you know, your long wool types, it's available to be used on any type of wool that's going to sale in Australia. 
and um, and the wool declaration is just a place where you can basically just let let the buyer know what they are to expect with your wool. So how it was produced, um, you know, has it been running with any shedding breeds, for example, or or dark head um, sheep breeds. So um, things like that, just so that they know um, and they have comfort in the fact that when they buy that wool, they can utilize um, utilize it for what they're buying it for up and down the supply chain. And so, um, and so the National Wool Declaration is voluntary, but um, I think there's certainly, you know, some benefits there in transparency for the industry. Um, and then in terms of uh, quality assurance programs, there are many, many, many quality assurance programs available in the wool industry. Um, and they all, I guess, provide different functions. Some of them are very similar and some of them are really different. Some of them are about assuring that um, the product has come from where it says it has, so provenance. Um, other ones are about um, assuring um, environmental standards or um, or animal welfare standards, all those sorts of things. Some of them have a combination of, you know, three or four or five factors. So I guess um, it's a bit horses for courses. They are voluntary schemes and they can um, be entered into by growers should they so wish to. And there's a lot of information out there, but I guess um, first port of call would probably be to have a chat with your wool broker and um, and have a chat with them about, you know, what you're trying to achieve by being part of the quality assurance program um, and which one best suits your philosophy in terms of your wool growing and, and where you'd like to go from there. And there is also um, wool cube. So wool cube isn't, I guess, isn't a quality assurance program, but is, um, an online selling and um, promotion platform and it's a platform that can be used by growers so that they can set up their profile as a grower and then um, can gain access to the world's wool supply chain um, to be able to connect with people all along the supply chain. So um, you can use it, you know, from going from in the shed so you can have your wool classer instead of doing a paper specie, they can do the e-specie and then it can go all the way along the supply chain and you know you could even potentially have um, a designer jump on there and um, you know and want to connect with a person with a producer in Australia and they can then um, make that connection but I mean there's a lot of other sort of more practical things that you can use wool queue for that are more sort of tangible um, to your on-farm to your growing of your wool so for example there's the e-specie uh, that I already mentioned and then of course there's also the ability to then over time track your wool clips so it'll store the information from your wool specie and um, and then you can have a look at your wool clips over time so you'll have quality data there in terms of you know how how's your wool lotted up and all that sort of thing then you can get your test results in there and also have a look at um you know at your wool over time and and track that through and you know there's more and more functionality being added to that all the time so there's lots of opportunities out there for wool growers who'd like to participate in those type of schemes. Thanks Emily. Gosh it's it's interesting isn't it how our customers are far more interested in the provenance of our products and the story that accompanies them. Do you think there's a higher level of interest nowadays uh, from our local and overseas consumers regarding where their products are coming from? Yeah Megan I think there is. Um, we're seeing more and more and more interest in in terms of um, production and where products are coming from and that's not only that's not only wool um, you know that's also certainly um, 
it being seen in a lot of a lot of products that are being produced and quite often Australian products because of the quality of our products are generally at the pricier end of the market so I think um, we do see that a lot with a lot of what we produce so um, you know and some of that is in terms of people wanting to understand and um, appreciate um, how we produce that fibre or in how where it's produced who produced it um, most of the time people are genuinely very curious and um, and looking to understand you know what it's like to actually grow wool um, because you know it's just not familiar to them so and I think there's definitely um, definitely interest coming from both our overseas consumers and certainly um, you know the Australian public as well all in all a good story regarding supply chain and and you know integrity of, of information along that supply chain I might switch yeah, so back to you Kathleen just regarding the and just in the context of our the recent disasters and how important traceability is to our business can you give us a bit of an overview or maybe an example of how important it is to make sure that you get the t's crossed and i's dotted in terms of of traceability because things can and do go wrong in some cases don't they uh absolutely and, and um thanks for the question megan i guess i mean there's a couple of scenarios that um I mean, just within the context of producers getting back to business and uh, recovering from the variety of natural disasters that we've recently found ourselves dealing with. And I guess they can be sort of across the, do I either feed my livestock? Do I sell my livestock? Uh, do I look to adjustment, which um, you touched on earlier? So that can either be um, sending animals on or bringing animals on, on farm as well, um, now that there has been a bit of a break. And then of course, you can also be purchasing livestock as part of your getting back to business and rebuilding cash flow and so within that context I guess there's there's lots of things to be um, cognizant of in terms of um, your integrity requirements across the different elements to the system and absolutely things can go wrong uh, from time to time and I guess that's why it's really important that we continue to take responsibility as livestock producers and uh, be proud of the industry that we're in and um, be driven to protect it even though we might be dealing with some fairly tough circumstances ourselves and um, I guess in hindsight it's always best to sort of take that responsibility and have as much information ahead of time and be well prepared and have your your paddock in order before the disaster I guess comes along um, but it is very difficult to remember these things when it is rushed and you are dealing um, with very difficult circumstances but I guess there's always um, help available as well but just some of the things that producers could be considering in terms of I mean if you are purchasing in feed for example you should try and ask for a commodity vendor declaration you need to um, sort of be cognizant of those recording the the type of fodder the supplier where the animals or sorry what animals were being fed and where uh, there's some really good practical tips around uh, trying to put animals into confinement feeding if you're bringing uh, fodder in that you're not necessarily aware of the history of just applying some fairly generic um, standards around safety periods um, if you then are going to start selling livestock afterwards so if, um, it's a good idea to put sort of a 60-day time frame around things or if, if you don't know the history of a fodder for example or then just ticking um, yes on the NVD if you don't know the full history 
So that's just looking at things like if you are purchasing in feed, but also recognising the fact that in a very tragic and difficult circumstances like bushfires, when you are dealing with emergency situations, when fodder is, is top of mind and your animal welfare is top of mind, that asking for something like a commodity vendor declaration is probably not necessarily your number one priority is that you do manage that risk going forward. So keeping an eye on where you've put that feed um, so that then particularly in spring, for example, if you get rain, that you're able to manage weeds and things like that as well. And all that information is captured within the seven different elements of livestock production assurance. And there's some really handy uh, resources available and some templates to help you record um, things like that when the unknown, I guess, pops up, as you say, um, and you need to manage it because you can only um, plan for these scenarios um, to a certain extent and then you, um, you do need to be able to manage the risks as they come up. So I guess, I mean, as we move from sort of feeding stock, if you're thinking about selling livestock, um, it's really important that you accurately complete those national vendor declarations. Things like ensuring that your animals are fit to load, um, whether or not you should be completing an animal health certificate as well to provide the information on uh, the background of those animals before um, they leave your property. Ensuring that your transfers are completed on the NLIS database and um, also do, making sure that um, if you've got third parties doing your transfers on the database that you're just checking that those have actually been done. Similarly with adjustment and there's quite a bit of adjustment going around at the moment because um, there's been a good seasonal uh, conditions in a number of areas where there hasn't been for a lot of uh, years so there's animals moving uh, quite a lot at the moment and also a number of areas which uh, continue to be in prolonged uh, drought also seeking out adjustment opportunities on the back of the fires and drought but I mean, for adjustment, it's really important that you get a formal agreement in place, uh, if possible, understanding the background of the property where the animals are going or coming from, uh, completing those transfers and um, making sure that you know who's going to be responsible for what aspects of the livestock management. Again, ensuring that those LPA records are kept and that your NLIS transfers are complete. And there's some really good practical tips and we've heard those in some other podcasts and on the webinar series around quarantining livestock, uh, doing vaccinations if there are specific risks, things like botulism, tick fever, scabby mouth, um, if you've got animals going into particular areas. And again, relying on some of that documentation to provide that assurance for you, but then also to follow those animals along the value chain. So things like your animal health certificates um, as well. And all those um, general sort of tips, I guess, also apply to um, if you're purchasing livestock back into your property. So again, particularly sort of quarantine and importantly, utilising the services of um, local biosecurity officers or here in New South Wales, local land services staff. Um, they'll be able to help you identify and manage any potential uh, risks that might be relevant to your uh, particular area but um, yeah I guess there's, there's lots of things that you can do there's a certain amount of planning that can be put in place uh, in terms of before uh, dealing with a natural disaster but then um, making sure that your best place to deal with a natural disaster once it does go through and you've got the time and the opportunity to to get your head around um, I guess complying with those requirements but also it's really important to know that there's always help there and that um, at Integrity Systems Company we can help you with um, some of that paperwork absolutely um, either through the information we've got available on the website and um, a suite of tools and resources or you can certainly contact um, the help desk. Thanks Kathleen. It's um, 
there's quite a lot of information to take in and there's there's quite a lot to adhere to, I guess. Um, and for, for the most part, people do that quite well. But I guess if, if they do have um, any queries, they can contact the um, the help desk, um, either via a web, web address or a phone number. Yes, they certainly can, Megan. So we've got a lot of resources available on the Integrity Systems Company website, which is integritysystems.com.au and also producers are more than welcome if they require any assistance to contact the Integrity Systems Company help desk, particularly for help around NVDs, LPA and NLIS. And the number for the help desk is 1800 683 111. Thanks, Kathleen. Um, I, just one other thing I, I wanted to, to ask you a little bit about was for those producers who've incurred losses, um, a PIC reconciliation might be something that, that people could uh, consider doing just to account for those ones that have, um, that have perished, for example, due to the fire. How does one go about undertaking such a reconciliation? So thanks, Megan. So the pick reconciliation is a really uh, useful process for producers to go through, and it's something that we actually recommend that all LPA producers actually do once a year. Anyway, it's just a good opportunity to to tidy up um, against the I guess the the active devices or tags in most instances that are registered to that. Uh, that PIC, so that property identification code. So there's, um, again, there's some fairly handy resources available on the um, Integrity Systems Company website, but basically what the PIC reconciliation will do is you'll be able to do a couple of other reports as well, where you'll be able to look at the transaction history and just double checking that animals that you know have been sold or have been brought onto the property are actually recorded against that pick as well. But then certainly you can use the pick reconciliation to identify whether your numbers are actually accurate. And then you can certainly um, allocate or um, acknowledge that some animals are deceased. So they may not necessarily be transferred off your pick through a transfer, i.e. when they're sold or moved. So if they are deceased and particularly in large numbers, you can use that, that pick reconciliation to check and then you can do a transfer of those animals and mark them as deceased. And again, um, there's some good resources online and um, or you can contact the help desk and we can help you through that process. Oh, excellent. That's um, yeah, because it's certainly a an area that where people may not think about, um, you know, just getting all of their ducks lined up and making sure that you know their their um their property and their their picks you know up to date. So yeah, great advice there. I've now got a question for each of you, and we'll, we might start with Kathleen, but it's just regarding the use of technology. Um, for our integrity or QA systems. Like we're certainly seeing an increasing technology in the way we're conducting our business. And agriculture is certainly part of this change and is evolving quite quickly. And I, I know the restrictions have definitely helped, in, in inverted commas, people move um, towards more electronic forms of communication. Um, and in many cases, they've been well embraced. Are there electronic versions of the NVD available, Kathleen? And, and what might be any advantage of using these type of um, versions uh, and if they're available do you need phone service to work them can you fill that fill them out in the yards in the shed and then what sink or that kind of thing and do you need to be very tech savvy to work it sorry I've asked about 14 questions in one go <laughs> that's all right I think I can remember all 14 of your questions that's fine <laughs> but yeah I mean how exciting is it that um, agriculture has embraced um, electronic forms of communications and really adapted to the change 
that we've needed to adapt to as part of um, the challenges presented by COVID over the last couple of months. But um, absolutely, the National Vendor Declaration is available electronically. There is what's called the ENVD. It has been available now for a couple of years. Uh, however, we did just release a significant improvement uh, to the ENVD platform at the end of March this year. And um, with significantly improved functionality, it absolutely is really quite easy to use. It's very mobile friendly. So we have a mobile version and a PC version. You can access the ENVD either go by going through the Integrity Systems website or through the LPA service centre where you would normally go to either access EDEX or the ENVD or purchase your National Vendor Declaration hard copy books. Um, you can certainly log on there. And I guess the benefits of the ENVD system, uh, I guess the storage, it's it's very easy to, to store all your consignments. They're saved in the cloud, so you don't have the issues associated with losing your book or in a worst case scenario, which we've had stories this year of um, books being destroyed in uh, in bushfires and certainly in floods as well. So you've got that all that information, all your history of consignments is stored in the cloud. As I said, it's very easy to use. Um, I guess there's a really good uh, search functionality now in the new ENVD platform, but probably two of the, um, I guess the the best sort of selling points for the new ENVD are that it's um, when you're filling out your consignment. So if you're selling a, a mob of sheep or of cattle, for example, um, what you can do with the ENVD platform is that you're only filling out the form once, despite however many different documentation you might need. So by that, I mean that if you're wanting your NVD, an animal health certificate and an MSA, so a Meat Standards Australia declaration, you're only filling out that information once and you can select the different types of forms that you require and it will automatically populate that information for you. And then one of the other great um, things with the new ENVD platform is that it has this template functionality. So say, for example, if you're regularly sending uh, cattle through to a particular feedlot, for example, or selling a, um, lots of sheep through the one set of sale yards, you can fill out and save these templates. So then the next time that you go in, all that information's already there. You select that particular um, template for that sale yard, for example, and then you're basically just updating the consignment details. So the numbers, um, breed, species, and things like that. So there's lots of um, improvements in the new ENVD platform, which make it easier to use uh, very fast. As I said, it's mobile friendly. And I guess one of the other um, great things about this one is that you can print it at, um, at any stage as well. So you don't need to uh, get right through the, the entire form and then find that your, your numbers were out and then go back to the house and print it off. You can certainly fill it out um, and print it off and then update it as you need to. And the other thing is that um, the, the other, I guess, benefit of the new system is that you can uh, sign it with your finger. So you don't need to upload um, electronic signatures or sign it with a pen, including by the transporter as well. So lots of great um, improvements in terms of functionality. In terms of your other questions, I guess, um, I mean, there are also a number of decision support tools or third party software um, providers out there in the in the livestock industry as well. And they, they also have uh, the ENVD platform uh, available as part of their offering. But again, lots of uh, FAQs on the Integrity Systems Company website. As I said, you can log in and uh, get the ENVD uh, through the Integrity Systems website and also the LPA uh, service centre. 
And then I think one question that I didn't answer was whether or not you need um, mobile phone service for it to work or will it sync back? Uh, we mm. are, as part of this new improved ENVD, we are having regular, I guess, releases and improvements and offline capability is flagged as one of the, um, the next improvements for down the track. So very conscious of mobile reception being one of our biggest challenges. And um, yeah, so that's next on the list, I believe. And so, Emily, what about the NWD and the wool species? Uh, are they available electronically? What might the advantage of using electronic versions if they're available be? Uh, and some of the same type of um, questions that I asked Kathleen earlier about, you know, do you need phone service for them to work? Can you fill it out in the yards or the shed? And then will it sync when it comes back into service? And do you need to be like a tech savvy teenager or something to work it? Or can anybody um, operate it? Uh, thanks, Megan. Yeah, so the uh, National Wool Declaration, to my knowledge, is still a paper-based form, so that can be obtained from your broker or from the um, Australian Wool Exchange website. So even if you just Google AWEX National Wool Declaration, that'll come up for you. And um, and then in terms of the um, e-specie, uh, yes, um, of course, there are still paper-based e-species around, but if you are thinking that you might like to have a whirl at WoolQ, then yep, there are um, e-species available there. Um, and there are also some other um, uh, e-species in industry, um, electronic versions of the specie. Um, and so they are available electronically. And I guess the advantage of using an electronic version is, um, is just a bit of um, reduction of, of manual transcribing errors um, just you know and sometimes um, we've probably all come across a person or two um, whose handwriting is sometimes a bit scratchy so trying to read that when the forms all get to the broker's office and all of that sort of thing um, you know can just be a bit difficult so I think um, you know apart from that of course um, and those manual input issues um, there's also then the opportunity to have all of that data sitting in your WoolQ profile and so then year on year, you can start to see a historical um, account of um, what your wool's been doing and how your clips looked and all that sort of thing. Um, phone service, uh, no, you can, um, you don't need service to use WoolQ in the shed to complete your e-specie. So you can um, create your profile at home when you do have service and, um, and you've got the connectivity. And then what you can do is download the WoolQ app so then you'll be able to use the WoolQ eSpecy in shed uh, and there doesn't have to be internet connection. So that can be downloaded from the App Store or the Google Play Store and then um, used by the classer in the shed and then that'll just sync back up when you're back in service. Uh, and in terms of how tech savvy you need to be um, to work the electronic versions of the forms, uh, I, I guess um, some level of tech savviness probably helps, but um, we've certainly heard from many, many uh, classes and growers that have been obviously using paper-based versions for ever and a day that, um, that it works quite well and it's quite intuitive. Um, but of course, there are staff on hand uh, to assist with that. So, you know, you can give the WoolQ staff a call, you can um, flick them an email, and there's also some field staff, WoolQ field staff as well, and they can come out to your shed and assist in setting the app up and setting everything up and um, you know, and give you and your class a, a run through on that and how to use all of that. 
And how do we get in contact with those people or um, if we need, want some phone help? Sure. So the, um, the WOOQ contact details, the phone number is 1800 070 099. And um, you can also email the people at WOOQ. Their email address is info at WOOQ. That's just the letter Q.com. And the website there is WOOQ.com. So there's a lot of information there at the website as well. No doubt there'll be some videos and that sort of thing as well. So, and I, I guess that's one of the the benefits of of, um, of looking stuff up online. Those little videos that you get to to give you a hand, whether it be an NVD or an NWD. Um, you know, there's there's always those handy little videos that are available. So, uh, yeah. So, well, that brings us. Yeah, that brings us to the end of our chat about uh, maintaining the integrity of our red meat and wool industries. And I've really enjoyed our chat today. Thanks, Emily and Kathleen, for your time. I know you're both very busy women. Um, you've got a very busy jobs. And, um, yeah, I really appreciate your time. No so, problem at all. Thanks for having us. No worries. It's been a Thanks pleasure. Thanks so much, Megan. It's been great. And, um, look, this is the final podcast in the Back to Business podcast series. And on behalf of MLA, AWI, Integrity Systems Co, Sheep Connect New South Wales, I'd like to thank you for joining us on the journey of helping you get back to business. And we most sincerely appreciate your time and feedback along the way. Thanks for tuning in to the Back to Business podcast, a partnership of Meat and Livestock Australia, Australian Wool Innovation, Integrity Systems Company and Sheep Connect New South Wales. In the meantime, if you're finding this information really useful, we would love for you to share this podcast amongst your own networks and appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes so that other farmers can find this back to business podcast. 